Welcome to the Ecom Breakthrough Podcast. Are you ready to unlock the full potential and growth in your business? You've already crossed seven figures in sales, but the challenge is knowing how to take your business to the next level. Join Josh Hadley, an eight-figure e-com business owner and investor, as he interviews highly successful business owners. Get ready, because you're going to learn specific actions you can take today to help your business reach its full potential and leave a lasting impact on the world. Welcome to the Ecom Breakthrough Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Hadley, where I interview the top business leaders in e-commerce. Past guests include Kevin King, Michael E. Gerber, the author of The E-Myth, and Stephen Pope. Today, I'm speaking with Leo Scovio, CEO and founder of Convomat, an influencer and affiliate marketing software for Amazon sellers. And we're going to be talking a lot about the A9 algorithm, finding hidden keywords on Amazon, and how to increase your ranking and sales with influencer campaigns. This episode is brought to you by Ecom Breakthrough Consulting, where I help seven-figure companies grow to eight figures and beyond. Listen, Leo, I started my business back in 2015 and grew it to an eight-figure brand in seven years. But there were a lot of mistakes I made along the way that made the path of getting to eight figures take a lot longer than it really needed to. There were times where I doubted my abilities as a leader, whether I could actually manage a team of people and become a CEO. I doubted whether our brand could actually survive and thrive on the Amazon platform. And I also had concerns whether we would have the cash flow to be able to continue to grow the business. And so to all of our listeners, I wish I would have had a guide along the way. And if you're in that same boat and you want to know the next steps to take your business to the next level, then go to ecombreakthrough.com. That's ecom with two M's to learn more. And as a special bonus to my podcast, li podcast listeners, this month I'm giving away one $10,000 comprehensive business strategy audit session at no cost. All you need to do is email me at josh at ecombreakthrough.com and in your subject line, say strategy audit and then plead your case as to why I should choose you and your brand to work with for this month. And if you don't win this month, don't worry, you'll be entered to win for future months to come. But today I am super excited to introduce you all to Leo Scovio. Leo is an entrepreneur with a strong passion for digital marketing and technology. With over 15 years of experience in the e-commerce space, Leo has started his career as an SEO and pay-per-click advertising specialist. Throughout his career, Leo worked with technology solutions from companies such as Google and Adobe and developed automated marketing software for e-commerce sellers, leveraging chatbots to launch and scale private label brands on Amazon. After exiting one of his brands, he founded Convomat Connect, an influencer and affiliate marketing platform for Amazon sellers, and he continues to launch new products on Amazon. So with that warm introduction, welcome to the show, Leo. Hey, Josh. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Leo, I am super excited to have you on. We met originally at the Billion Dollar Seller Summit, and that was back in 2022, and I've been following you since we've we've stayed in contact. And man, every time I hear you, whether it be on a podcast or on a stage, like you just have a brilliant mind. And, uh, you know, I always come away with a lot of value. So I personally am uh, really excited to hear some of the new things you're going to be talking about on the podcast today. And I'm sure our listeners are going to appreciate that as well. Well, that's flattering. And uh you know, I have to say you were the winner last year of the, um, uh, the contest, the best hack contest. So I also learned something from you, which is uh, which was very impressive. And uh, so I'm really excited to be here as your guest, but also, uh, you know, like learn from you as well. So thanks for having me again. Awesome. Well, Leo, we've got a lot to dive into today. And so what I want to do, obviously, as you know, many of our listeners are seven figure sellers. And they are trying to grow to that eight figures and beyond. And so we want to share with them all the actionable strategies that they can implement that is going to help them grow their brand. And what I think before we hit record here today, we talked about some of the things you have been doing recently. And you had talked about some of the research that you had been doing on the A9 algorithm that I think not many people have been talking about, you know, some of the things that you discovered during your research. So why don't you share with us? 
the research that you did uncovering Amazon's A9 algorithm that kind of helps rank products and the takeaways for Amazon sellers to increase their sales. Yeah, Josh, you know, if um, there are listeners here that know me and um, uh, who eventually got to know me over the past few years, um, you know, they know that one thing about me is that I love to uh, really understand what's behind certain things. Uh, I, I told Kevin, actually, Kevin King a story uh, once when I was on his podcast that when I was a kid, uh, my parents gave me a gift um, uh, for my birthday. It was a radio, I know, one of those old school FM radios. And mm -hmm. uh, the day after they found me in my bedroom um, with, a, with a radio taken apart, I was basically like trying to understand what was inside the radio instead of enjoying the radio. And, <laughs> and so obviously they got upset, but that was like my nature since, since uh, when I was a kid, I always needed to understand how things function. And so one thing that really uh, caught my attention curiosity lately is, uh, well, so I'm, I'm, I'm following a course, an SEO course again, from someone that um, is very, very uh, interesting in the space and um, kind of like rediscover the, the Google SEO algorithm. And that uh, brought me to go back and read some of the Amazon A9 patents. Um, there is a website which I can quickly uh, pull up here. It's called uh, unifiedpatents.com where you can go and research all patents uh, that have been registered. Um, and so you can go and see and filter by A9, you can filter by keywords. So what I did, I, I, I looked at the keyword uh, patents that include keywords such as ranking. And I came across a patent from Amazon A9 that talks a lot about the uh, cold start, which is basically the problem that Amazon has when you launch a new product and they don't know anything about you because you obviously don't have historical data. You don't have traffic, you don't have reviews. Um, so they need to understand where to place you in the index. And in that patent, I discovered a few concepts and then few um, very interesting notions that are, um, you know, very, very, I guess, important um, for you when you launch a product to, to know and understand so that you can uh, better optimize a listing based on what Amazon is looking for, was what the search engine and the A9 algorithm is looking for versus what you know, some keyword tools or some gurus out there might be teaching you. Um, and so one of the things I always say to people, like you need to learn the business first, you need to learn, you know, why certain things work certain ways before you delegate or you uh, listen to somebody else, because otherwise there is a disconnect there, right? And, and mm -hmm. the results are not as you, you expect. So um, anyway, just long story short, what the algorithm says is that when you launch a new product on Amazon, being semantically relevant to a certain in a certain uh, context is is very very important. And so, in one of my presentations I'm giving um, at a conference next week, is um, is exactly like understanding how to ensure that your listing is semantically relevant to the main. Uh, topic or subject uh, of your product instead of going broad and for as many keywords as possible because what it does it actually dilutes your relevancy um, mm. for that for that you know of, of your listing for a specific keyword or, or a group of keywords and so instead of helping you uh, that hurts your your rankings um, and so if you read through the lines what the algorithm says is that you know, what Amazon does is they look at the top ranking products for, you know, similar to yours and they see what keywords they rank for. Um, and then they expect you to potentially have a very similar listing. So it sounds silly, but if you clone in quotes, obviously, you know, with your own words, changing, changing your listing with your own words, um, an existing listing that is already ranking very well for as many keywords as possible that are relevant and similar to yours, uh, you, you are actually helping the search engine to understand much, much faster what your product is about. And from an SEO perspective, so excluding all the other metrics such as reviews and clicks and autocarts and, and um, uh, conversions, 
then you should be in a much better position from um, an SEO perspective. Does it make sense? Yeah, I love that. And I want to maybe dive in a little bit deeper here. Um, so basically, to summarize what you talked about here, Leo, you're saying that Amazon in their actual patent that they have to publicly release, right? Um, in their patent, they're saying that, hey, there's this cold start. If you have a new product, one of the things that they're trying to do is trying to compare you to the bestseller, right? That already has this ranking. And you're, you talked about being semantically relevant, which basically means like, don't just use any keyword, but use like probably more on like the hyper specific and more long tail keywords to help Amazon learn what your product actually is. And I think that is like the key takeaway. I know that's one thing that we do with our brand um, because that's always without even you sharing that information. I've always kind of had that opinion in the back of my mind that like Amazon has no idea what your product is. Sure, there's mm -hmm. images. Sure, they could be using AI to look at the images and go through your copy. But at the end of the day, they still have no idea what your product is. And so what we've done with our products is that from day one, we light up product targeting ad campaigns for all of those top sellers so that Amazon also sees that we are pushing heavily on these top competitors so that they see, oh, okay, this product is similar to this. When people are shopping this bestseller, they're also sometimes clicking on this other listing, which even though it may, may or may not lead to an add to cart or a purchase, but even just the click from their detail page to my detail page, I'm of the opinion that there's something in the A at nine algorithm that's like, okay, I like this. Maybe we need to get a, give a little bit more love to this because they're taking a lot of clicks away from this bestsellers product detail page. So I kind of have my hypothesis on that, which I'd be eager to hear your thoughts on. And then I'm also curious, you know, you talked about being semantically relevant and, you know, utilizing some of the best practices and keywords from the top sellers in that product category. My question would be like, is the title the most important aspect or is it the bullets or is it the description? Or frankly, is it like you've got to cover all three bases there? Um, so those would be kind of my questions. I'd love to dive in deeper on this subject. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thanks for asking these questions. They're very, very um, uh, thorough. And so one, the first one, your, your, uh, your opinion is actually fact. Um, so when it comes to driving traffic from uh, paid ads, for example, to your listing, you know, targeting products um, or similar products, what you're doing is actually now uh, playing or um, going to, in quotes, manipulate the behavioral metrics, which Amazon calls behavioral features. Um, so in other words, like I said at the beginning, when excluding all these other metrics, all you're saying to Amazon is, hey, this is my cover, right? This is my, my listing. It's like when you, um, when you write a book and you have an index, right? This is what my listing is about. Now that when you, when you look at the index that, you know, doesn't, doesn't come with, uh, the, the reviews and the feedback about the book. You don't know anything yet about the book. You're just, uh, by the index judging what this book is about and if you want to keep reading it, right? And so when you then go and advertise your product um, using sponsored um, sponsored products, right? What you're doing, you're actually uh, helping Amazon associate your product with your uh, with similar products. So it's easier now for them to say, okay, well, this listing like people that are visiting this listing are actually also visiting this one. And so uh, that's how they start creating this, this uh, ecosystem or this, this group that um, has high affinity or high relevancy score. And, and so I remember a story that a friend of mine told me, I think it was a couple of years ago. Uh, Josh, um, are you familiar with the supplement space? Uh, I don't play in that space, okay. but obviously very familiar with many of the, strategies that people are, are using within yeah. that space. It's a whole other world for sure. So there is a, there is a, a brand there. It's called, uh, now it's called Dakota. Uh, back a couple of years ago, it was called MixRx. And okay. the two friends of mine, they were the, the founders of this company. And during COVID, 
they were killing it. They were literally, I think one day they, they, they hit $1 million one day. Wow. And, and the, one of the guys was telling me that the way they were launching products was purely with PPC. No, um, no giveaways, no reviews, but they were spending on day one close to sixty, seventy thousand dollars just on advertising. And the wow. way they were doing it, it was just by targeting uh, and using all possible features and um, campaigns that Amazon makes available to sellers, so that they could get as much visibility as possible in the Amazon catalog. Not only in their category, but categories that didn't even um, um, didn't even um, belong or 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 were relevant to their product. In fact, I remember one day they were ranking in the automotive category for like immune support supplement or something like that. Oh, wow! And, and and so now that you're also you know saying that. PPC, a sponsored product uh, placement that really helps you um, rank better because of the uh, association that Amazon then makes uh, when it comes to receiving clicks from similar uh, products or similar listings um, or a user that is purchasing and shopping for the same product, then um, it does make a lot of sense, right? The more data you feed to the engine, the more data they know about yours. And if eventually you start getting also conversions, then is a lot easier. Um, but to answer the second question, though. So, Leo, before you move in, before you yeah. move into that second question, I want to double down on just kind of like a hack that we have found um, when we launch our product targeting ad campaigns. From day one, what we do is instead of just creating one product targeting ad campaign and then dumping all of the relevant competitors into one campaign, we have broken up the um, competitors in into ex or sorry single competitor campaigns wanted to say single keyword but it's single competitor campaigns for this reason if we see that we're kicking one particular competitor's rear end we can boost that budget we can increase our our cpc bids right and we can just fly and then the ones that we're mm -hmm. not doing as well on we can scale back and so having that ability like because Amazon gives like each campaign its own like score, right? Yeah. And so again, if you have something that's performing well, your campaign score is going to be a lot higher. Maybe that results in a smaller bid that you have to bid for and you still get premium placement on that. But just wanted to share that as like a hack that like break them up. Like this is such an mm -hmm. important aspect of the ranking algorithm is Amazon figuring out what your product is that we've had a lot of success going single competitor exact campaigns so yeah yeah that's a good one i i like it do you use any like a software to automate that yeah. and scale yeah we've been using PackView to do all okay. of that yeah that, yeah that's a good one yeah the, the the most important thing josh i think is ensuring that you're targeting the products that rank for the highest number of keywords in your targeted keyword, at least of targeted keywords. Does it make sense? Because if yep. you do that properly, yep. you're getting relevant traffic. And the more yep. relevant traffic you get, the the better results you, you will achieve over time from a rank stickiness perspective. Mm. Because a lot of people, what, they, what, they, what happens to them is that after they launch the product, maybe they have a good, successful or decent um, launch with some giveaways and, you know, the people still do search, search one and buy, right? But then eventually the ranking drops. I mean, that can happen for different reasons. You know, they increase the price normally and then the price, uh, then the, the conversion rate goes down. And so eventually, like, you get that uh, result. But if you drive qualified traffic at the very, like, for the first 90 days, you should be able to get uh, your product to stick, uh, whatever, you know, and end up in the first 90 days. Uh, at least that's what we've seen by adopting this type of strategy. And, and we rank right now, like my partner with the game that we launched, he doesn't believe that we rank uh, number one or number two for probably one of the top keywords, very broad. He's like, I can't believe that we rank for this keyword. I'm like, yeah, because the, the product is very, uh, um, um, you know, we laser targeted the theme and, and the keywords around that theme. Yeah. And um, 
And we did a good job at the beginning driving the right traffic. And so I don't think Amazon has any doubts if the relevancy of that keyword uh, for our product is um, strong or not, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah. And the title, uh, yeah, like you were asking earlier, if the title is the most important thing, obviously the title does play the biggest, I think, um, is the biggest element on the page when it comes to um, rankings. But, um, Josh, what I noticed is that the images are also super, super important. Um, mm. So in the patent, Amazon says that they scan the content of the images and they extract text from these images to understand also what the product is about. Because if you know, if you think about it, the most, the, the, what, what people uh, look at first are the seven, eight images that you have in your listing. Then yeah. they look at the title or the title first because it's in the search results and they look at the images and then they read the bullet points, right? And so what they look at is the, the content in these images. And this is an exercise that I did a couple of weeks ago with um, one of the clients that I'm consulting for um, because they weren't ranking uh, or they weren't indexed on Google for a specific keyword. And I noticed that, so I created this Google sheet um, where I was analyzing the top 10 competitors. And then I took all the, the top 10 keywords, um, relevant keywords on Google, and only two of them, of the, of the 10 competitors, only two of them that were ranking. And we weren't indexed for the ASIN that we wanted to be indexed for. So what I did, I, I went back and I started optimizing the listing based on what I saw, um, on what I thought was important based on the competitor that was ranking actually on Amazon. And this happened fairly quickly. I think two or three days later, we were actually indexed on Google. And, and what, what I did was actually, yeah, that, that yeah, was my what question. Did, what did you do? <laughs> yeah. What I, what I did was actually, uh, so I took apart the listing and, uh, the images. Um, I basically asked the client to, to send me the folder where, where they had all the images. I, um, I opened each one of them, Photoshop, add meta tags. I, I added, I changed some of the images, um, the text on the images. So, you know, some of us use images with text on it that, it's kind of meaningless for the search and from a search engine perspective. I understand it might be a good phrase for the, for the customer, but ultimately we have to, you know, when it comes to SEO, Josh, I had this problem also when I was doing Google SEO, there is always a friction, huge friction between the content or the UI, UX team and the SEO team. Because these, these, these people here, they want to make sure that the website is beautiful and is, you know, optimized for the customers. And SEO, it's all about search engines. So you have to find a compromise. And when you yeah. also build your A-plus content, your images, you also have to ensure that you're using keyword phrases that um, not only um, convey whatever your product is about to the customer, but also help a search engine understand what this product is about. And so when I did that, I changed um, the main text on an image in the A-plus content. That's when we got indexed and we started ranking for uh, one of the keywords. Now, for a new product, this may be much harder to do. Uh, this is a product that has been around since 2016 and had like 35,000 reviews. So Google already knows you know, what this product is about and also it probably gets, gets crawled. Um, but it was, it was very quick when, when we made these changes. And so that proves, yeah, yeah, yeah. That does prove that the images obviously play a big role. So I also changed all the alt tags in the images. They didn't have optimized alt tags. The images were uploaded without using the keywords in the name of the image. Mm. But most importantly are the, the meta tags. When you save, when, when you export the image from Photoshop, you have to select the copyright uh, option so that the image is exported with a copyright. And so when, when the search engines crawl and index their image, that will help you also be found from the uh, Google images catalog, right? Um, okay. Yeah. So that, those are all things that sometimes we overlook, but they're very important. I love that. I love that. So you're saying like that metadata in the back end of an image is super important. And I've, I know that Amazon or Google likes that metadata right inside of an image. Does that play? Do, do you think Amazon's looking at the metadata? Cause I've heard mixed opinions on that. 
I think the search engines look at everything. They, they need to understand the context of your listing. And so the, the images, and it's in the patent. Um, so you, you can you can read through the patent and they mention images. Um, so I'm pretty sure that the A9 algorithm also scans the images. The context is very easy to extract the text. At the very least, they extract the test from the image. So if you are ranking for, you know, if you want to rank for, I don't know, vitamin C serum and, you know, your image, the second image says your face will never look, um, you know, as young or, or whatever. Yeah. You're not really telling anything to the search engine, but if you put this vitamin C serum will help you look younger, then the algorithm will actually understand that that is a vitamin C serum uh, product image, right? So these are, this is the difference between the two, um, you know, one optimized for the search engine, one optimized only for the user, for the customer. Yeah. I love that, Leo. That that definitely is something that is not talked about um, in terms of incorporating your keywords into your actual images because Amazon is actually scanning those images for text. And you just shared a knowledge bomb with all of us. My <laughs> follow up question on this, Leo, which I think will kind of lead us into our next conversation on search query performance and finding hidden keywords. But before we get to that point, my question is. With this whole strategy of incorporating keywords into your images to help you rank not only on Google, but Amazon as well, are you finding better success with broad search terms or keywords, right? Could be like office supplies, right? I mean, that is super broad. Um, or are you seeing more success with long tail keywords that are hyper relevant for that product? And if they're hyper relevant, then you'll kind of shoot through the roof in terms of Amazon's rankings. What have you seen working best? <laughs> Josh, it's funny that you asked me because this is exactly what I'm covering in the presentation next week. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So look, um, I spent a lot of time uh, a analyzing this specific uh, topic and with the help of ChatGPT, I was able to um, come up with a list of keywords that is, is semantically relevant but excludes the root keyword. So uh, let me, let me, let me get, you know, step back a second. You mentioned earlier, um, one very broad keyword. And then they, that obviously that most, most sellers consider the root, the root keyword, right? Now the problem is I, so I did this exercise with a weight loss product, okay. you know, assuming that we have a product that is weight loss pills, the, we might assume that weight loss is the main, uh, keyword, right? That's, Yep. obviously belongs to that, uh, to that, to that segment or category. However, that's too broad. You know, weight loss is, is too broad. It's like, you know, uh, one of my slides is about, uh, imagine two buckets of, um, containing toys. One contains cars and one contains stuffed animals. They both belong to the toys category. But if you look at toys, if you want to rank for toys for kids, that's too broad, right? Because yep. you're now not semantically relevant. So you either go after all keywords related to cars or go all keywords related to stuffed animals. But going for toys, it's, it's a little too broad. You potentially could uh, aim to, to rank for toys for kids, but it's going to be very difficult. But if you go and uh, skim the list and, and uh, potentially target all these keywords that are only about that specific product, over time, it's much easier for you to rank for toys for kids. And so what I did, I went to JGPT and I gave it, um, I, I, I changed the, the prompt three times because uh, I wasn't still happy with the results that it gave me. So what I did there, um, at the beginning, I, I told JGPT that it was um, an NLP expert and needed to perform a semantic analysis on this group of keywords given uh, just this group of keywords. So I, I gave him a list of keywords that I got from one of the, probably one of the best keyword research tools out there. Okay. And, uh, and the, the, the keyword list included keywords such as weight loss, um, you know, green coffee, uh, weight loss, like things like that, right? They all kind of belong to the same, um, uh, I would say like segment. Uh, but not all of them were semantically relevant. And so the first time a keyword such as uh, weight loss, the green coffee, they were still there together with weight loss for women, weight loss for men, weight loss pills. Then I said, okay, now my, my product is a weight loss pills. 
So you need to make sure that this, the, the keyword list that you're giving me are semantically relevant and exclude all the brands, exclude all the uh, keywords that are not relevant. And so the second list was actually much, much better, but the weight loss mm. was still there. And then at the end, I, I think I said, uh, okay, now I gave him a bunch of rules to follow. I said, now, um, here's my product. Here's a list of keywords, but you want to exclude all branded and irrelevant ones. You want to exclude all non all non-commercial keywords. You want to exclude irrelevant, uh, sorry, you want to exclude informational keywords because, you know, we want to make sure that the listing is up, like the keywords that, that we're getting are actually uh, commercial intent keywords because we are on Amazon, we're not on Google. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and so at the end, I got from an input of 55 plus keywords uh, to like 24, I think, 23, 24. And they were all very like tight in terms of the, the overall theme. That I was after. And so obviously at the beginning, it said your main, uh, I think category is weight loss supplements, weight loss supplements and wellness. Then you said only, okay, you are selling weight loss supplements, which was correct. So I understood the uh, topic much, much better. And then he said, your main root keyword is weight loss pills. So it was not no longer weight loss, but it was weight loss pills. Mm. So now when we go after weight loss pills and all the keywords after for Amazon will be much, much easier to understand the context of your product. Makes a lot of sense. Leo, I have so many questions. You just keep opening up another can of worms here. Um, <laughs> just so much value that it's like, oh my goodness, now we need to dive in here. Um, all right. I want to first ask you know, you to clarify for our listeners as well. When you talk about being semantically relevant, what does that mean? So the semantic relevance, um, Josh, is it depends on in what context. I mean, you know, I want to make it kind of easy for the, the listeners here. But semantic relevance is, uh, is how the search engine decides if two words or products are related to each other based on their meanings. That's, in simple words, what the semantic relevance is about. So okay. if, if, um, if the meaning is not close, um, between two words or products, then you know, you're kind of like off context, right? Um, and that's why, you know, we lost, we lost pills, even though they belong to the same category, but there is a huge, like there's a big distance between the meaning because uh, we lost can mean anything, right? Uh, yeah. You could be looking for information. You could be looking for um, uh, what, what, what it means, you know, like there's a lot of it, like there's a lot behind the, just the, phrase weight loss but when you look at weight loss pills you're thinking a specific you're thinking yeah. about pills you know what i'm saying and so right. when you now you know use that as root every other keyword should contain that weight loss pills okay uh i know what i'm saying so yeah. that's you know when you're looking to create a keyword list that is semantically relevant you have to make sure that that main root is always contained in all of that yeah i love it all right so here would be kind of my next follow-up question. I'm putting you on the spot here. You just shared what it seems to be a, a wicked smart uh, chat GPT kind of flow to say, hey, here are some big keywords. Help me sort through all of these and understand their importance. Um, do you have any of these prompts that you'd be able to make? Do you have these in like a Google Doc? You could even share with the audience and maybe you could put it behind some lead capture for yourself. Uh, but I know our listeners would be fascinated to see that entire process flow because I know you talked about it, but I'm sure there's a lot of very specific language that you have in there that has G chat GPT get you to the end result. So that would be my big question to you is like, Leo, I want access to the amazing uh, prompts that you created there. Yeah, Josh, I am actually working on this Google sheet uh, that automates this process. So I, I'm almost done with it. I just have to integrate one, one more API, but, uh, you technically speaking, there are two ways you can use it. Uh, one is if you give it your ASIN and then what, what it will do, it gives you a recommendation as if it was some sort of, um, um, an analyst or, um, an editor 
and they will basically tell you that this listing is missing certain things or for example you should improve this part of the listing so it gives you a recommendation on the current listing and then the other one is exactly what you're asking so given a list of keywords it will uh, apply the prompts that i came up with at the end and they will give you just a semantically relevant um, subset of keywords instead. So this tool right now, I mean, by the time this uh, podcast um, will, will be live, will definitely be available. And um, probably the best way to download or get access to the Google Sheets will be by going to leosgovio.com slash tools. I'm putting together a list of tools under my domain and um, yeah, happy to share with everyone that is interested. Awesome. All right, Leo. Sounds amazing. I know I'm going to be one of the first ones that downloads that. <laughs> Anytime, uh, Josh. You, you can get a preview. <laughs> I love it. All right, Leo. We have we spent so much time just talking about the A9 algorithm and you know how to increase our rankings there, especially when launching a new product. I want to turn our attention now more towards um, you know, the search query performance and how you've been able to utilize that to uncover hidden keywords that weren't initially discovered and also helped one of your products become less seasonal because of some of these keywords that you found. So I'd love for you to kind of share that case study of how you turned a seasonal product into a more evergreen product and how you went about finding these keywords that drove additional traffic outside of Q4 for you. Yeah, Josh, this, that was a very interesting learning for me. Um, so last year, it was around August, September, we launched a new product in the card games for, for kids. And um, we had a fairly, I guess, successful launch. We ran out of stock a couple of times, um, but it was also Q4. And so we were super excited about the, the launch. Uh, but then we noticed that sometime in around January, uh, the sales went down. And, and so um, we were trying to figure out if that was caused by uh, us running out of stock and so losing momentum or just the product was a little bit seasonal. Uh, being a, a card game for kids, obviously, uh, December, November, December is um, a high season because parents, grandparents are obviously looking for a gift for for their for their their uh, children grandchildren right so eventually what I did I started digging into the search query report and I I found out that there were some other keywords that people were searching for that I didn't think of but they were not necessarily you know seasonal mm. so even though we were ranking very well for some of the uh, you know some of the keywords that are generic, but there were some other keywords that allowed us to make the product actually um, evergreen, even if it wasn't like Christmas or, or Easter or when you, any of these uh, occasions. And so uh, I think one of them was related to, you know, targeting people that were looking for games for, for um car drives or where they go on, uh, on long, long, long drives, right? So they always look for something to do in the car. And, and so when we started looking outside of the typical um, search queries for the specific game, we found a whole bunch of keywords that we could use throughout the year to boost the sales without relying necessarily on Q4. Um, and so when I started doing that, we saw the sales instantly like, spiking because there is enough traffic um if you look around for other keywords we just you know weren't optimized for them um and so now we have uh constant sales i think we this is what happened to us we started doing when we launched 30 40 sales a day then we did an influencer marketing campaign and we went to 150 180 uh, then we ran out of stock then we got uh we're back in stock and the sales kept going. I think at some point during Q4, Q5, we we're doing three, 400 units a day. Um, and then right after Christmas, we went back down to 30. So now after adding these keywords that I found in the search query report, um, they, we are, we're doing back again, I think 70, 80 a day. Great. And, um, and, and the product is fairly new. You know, we're talking about about six, 700 reviews. You know, it's not... Uh, compared to other products in the in the in the same category that have ten twenty thousand reviews, uh, we're we're much smaller, right? Uh, but again, if you apply what I mentioned, you know, we mentioned the past 
half hour together with these other strategies, you eventually like can get a good business running. Um, and so this is in a nutshell what I did to uh, turn a seasonal, somewhat seasonal product into a product that sells well throughout the year. Um, I think that's a yeah. fabulous, I think that's a fabulous case study. My one question here is like, what were the specific things you were looking for or that you, you know, how did you use search query performance to identify those keywords that initially were not on your list, you know, such as like the, you know, games for kids for car drives, right? Like you're, that's not initially coming to the top of your mind. It is a great use case, but initially you're thinking like card games for kids for, you know, Christmas gifts or Easter basket. And those are the obvious ones, right? So that yeah. would be my question, like for other sellers, like how do you sort through because search query performance, there's a lot of data in it. So what are your recommendations to actually uncover those hidden keywords through search query performance? Do you mind walking us through your process that you use to identify that? Yeah, Josh, so I, what I did actually, I ended up using a tool. It's called Jungle Ace. I'm not sure if you mm. heard of it. I don't think I've heard um, of that one. Yeah, I think that the guy behind the company is Dimitri Vorona, uh, one okay. of the, the founders of AMZ Innovate. And um, they put together this Google Sheet that allows you to uh, analyze search query reports, you know, like, like um, in, a, in a very um, comprehensive way. Um, it requires a little bit of manual work because you have to go into your account and download weekly reports. So the more reports you download, uh, the better, obviously the search query reports are available from the day you started selling, uh, or your data anyway, is available from the day you, you start selling that product. So I was able to go back, uh, August last year, downloaded weekly reports. And Hi. then when I imported everything into jungle Ace, which is a Google sheet, I was able to get a summary of all the search queries and, um, and those keywords that were whether they were outliers or keywords that were uh, generating uh, consistent sales, but also keywords that we were not targeting, but that they, uh, there was an opportunity from um, a sales perspective because the, perhaps they didn't have a lot of search volume, but they had very high conversion rate. Yeah. And so when we looked at, when we looked at this, um, this report and the, the, the output uh, of this Google sheet, then uh, that's how I was able to find these keywords. I'm like, Oli, <laughs> yeah. Um this is this is good. Yeah, this is gold because I didn't think of these keywords, but if I do put these keywords in, in, in my listing, we could potentially get sales throughout the year um instead of just relying on on the main occasions uh that occur throughout the year. And so one thing that I would say though, if you do this, keep always a backup or a note of your old title, old bullet points, whatever you do, because before you know, Q4 kicks in, you might want to reverse back, uh, revert back to what your, your title or your uh, listing is about. So you have to adopt this kind of dynamic approach. You mm -hmm. know, uh, Q4 is over, optimize now your listing based on what, what's trending or what's, uh, what the search query report is telling you. But then once you know, for example, Easter comes, everyone is probably looking for again, uh, some, some, toys for kids for their Easter eggs or something, something like that here, you know, especially in the States, I think they also give gifts for, for Easter. So you want to bring the listing back to what it was and then change it again. Right. So if you learn how to do that properly, you have a consistent, uh, amount of sales throughout the year without, you know, having to necessarily just worry about the Q4. Yeah. What a, what a brilliant, um, strategy here and jungle A's, um, can you spell that to make sure that we type, I type that in, right? Because I love the, what it sounds like that tool can provide. Yeah, Jungle, like Jungle, J-U-N-G-L-E, yep. and then Ace as um, A-C-E, Jungle -E? Ace. Okay. A-C-C as, as in Charlie. Oh, A-C-E, all right. Yeah. Jungle Ace, all right. See, I was yeah. thinking Jungle A's or something. I was like getting real confused there, so... <laughs> jungle ace to our listeners jungle ace. um yeah. and they could just is that just simply google it you'll find the website yeah jungle ace you'll find the website and then there is i think under their academy i'm just checking quickly now uh you have the jungle ace google sheet analyzer tools 
So once you go to their website and then uh, from the menu, go to uh, one second here, you go to Academy, you'll find as the number one result in under the Academy, their jungle is Google sheet analyzer tool. Cool. And, and then what do you do? You just follow the instructions. They have step-by-step -step instructions on how to install their Google sheet extension, download the analyzer tool, and then uh, perform the, uh, the analysis based on your data. So that's, you know, one of the best tools, to be honest, that I came across in the past probably year or so. I love it. Yeah, it sounds amazing. And sounds like it really helped your brand. Leo, we are running up on time here, but there's one key part that I definitely want to get to. We probably are only going to have maybe a couple minutes to actually address this topic. But going back to your brand and the product that you launched last year with this cards game, card games for kids. You talked about how, hey, we were doing 30, 40 sales and then, you know, peak season, we're doing 100. But then you mentioned like we turned on our influencer campaigns and we just shot through the roof. We're doing consecutively hundreds of products a day. So that's where you poured gasoline on the fire. And that's what Convomat is all about that you've created. So I want you to maybe dissect and give us, you know, as much uh, juiciness as you possibly can about influencer and affiliate campaigns and maybe your best strategies there um, to drive traffic to Amazon listings and to help increase the ranking. Yeah, yeah Josh, I, you know, I believe that today um, using any external traffic strategy that works uh, is definitely going to help the business uh, grow in the, the rankings as well. And, you know, we know, we know that Amazon loves external traffic. So the beauty of influencers traffic is that, you know, people like to buy from people. And so when you find the right influencers, when you find these people that have a very good affinity with your brand and they're, you know, uh, pleasant to, to, to watch because they're very creative, you get that, you know, that spark that, it works extremely well between your brand and the audience, right? And so I think what we did very well was, uh, you know, nailing the type of influencer that uh, we needed to eventually find to promote our product. And, you know, they were obviously influencer with kids and happy video people like parents love watching other kids having fun and they want to see their kids the same way. So you play with emotions, you play with this type of attributes and eventually you know you're going to see that resulting in into higher sales and, and the way the combo mat connect that the software that i created um makes it easier is not only by helping you find these these influencers but uh because you know there are a lot of companies that do that already but the way that um Combo Mat Connect in a unique way helps boost and, and then scale then that, that kind of effort that you have made by finding these influencers is by um, creating a network of these brand ambassadors or affiliates that are now working for your brand. And so um, instead of you having to adopt this kind of like rinse and repeat methodology, you now found one, you have an affiliate deal with them. Um, they're just, you know, like you're just working together, uh, you can extend the attribution window for as long as you want. And so instead of giving them $50, $100 only, they're getting uh, a paycheck almost on a monthly basis or, or for as, as frequently as they want. Yeah. And so it's, it's a no brainer for a brand to do that, especially now that you're getting the referral bonus from Amazon. Um, so it, it really, uh, it makes, it's, it's like another engine working on the side to boost your sales. And if you have, uh, I guess, a proper strategy, um, we, we, for example, we schedule a couple of influencers a week throughout the year. So if you have right. that, you do the research at the beginning, now you have that consistently happening throughout the year. Um, it's, it's another source of traffic driving sales to you. I love that. Now. Leo, with that, you know, you're having influencers post, you know, a couple times a week for you all throughout the year. Now, with that being said, my question is, do you have to pay per post or is it straight 100%, you know, performance driven? You get, you know, 10%, whatever of what it is that you sell? Because I know, especially some big influencers are like, sorry, it's, it's going to be a thousand bucks per post. And if you want it in my reels, then that's going to be an extra $500. And then it's like, look, this content's only going to, you know, last really for 24 hours, and then it's going to kind of dry up, so to speak. I mean, 
it lives on forever, but like the effectiveness of it is like there for that, that 24 hour period. So that would be yeah. my question, Leo. Like, have you seen better performance one way or, or the other? And um, tell me more about that. Josh, to be honest, we we stopped paying for every post um, after like once we started using this this uh, tool, because this is the beauty of it. You know, it allows you to now establish this relationship. And so because they're getting paid, like sometimes they log into their account and they see $500 commissions, $600 commissions, right? They didn't expect that. So when you go back, because we have a live chat system in our applications, so when you go back and say, hey, would you mind doing another post? They're like... Yeah, I'll do it. Don't worry. Because they know they're getting paid, you know, like, so they don't look anymore mm. at the $50 or $100 as their main source of income because they're, they're starting to think long-term as well. And the beauty of this, Josh, if, if you do it properly, is that you're also helping them and their audience kind of stick to their uh, creator account. Because I think there was an article on Mashable probably a couple of months ago saying how the audience of these creators is now starting to get tired of seeing Amazon products being promoted every other day. Mm. And so what happens is now these, these creators are starting to lose some followers. Now, because of the momentum of TikTok, for example, they don't even notice because it's like this hockey stick. They, they're getting so many more uh, yeah. new followers than those that are losing, right? But they're still losing some uh, when, when they're promoting new products every time. And so if you try to explain this to them and say, look, you don't need to lose followers. You're working hard to create new content uh, to be liked. Uh, just pick your five, 10, 10 brands that you're going to work with throughout the year and you're going to make more money. And so this is what I'm doing from an educational perspective. And so I'm hoping that over time, you know, I'm able to change that. But from a brand perspective, I think it's important to secure some of these creators as soon as possible and show them that they can make more money. Because once the kind of the trend and then the way that brands and influencers work together will change, then it's yeah. going to be harder to find the right ones that understand that and are willing to uh, work with you. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. So ConvoMat Connect is basically there to help facilitate those relationships then and and turn what would normally be just like a regular influencer post if you were to just dm somebody on instagram right and turn that more into i guess more of an ambassador type of relationship where it's not one and done the hope is that that continues on is is that the gist of what convomat connect is compared to many of the other solutions yeah, exactly. And because of the integration that we have with these uh, platforms, like we integrate with Shopify, WooCommerce, uh, Amazon itself, we have a lot of data then coming in. So we automate all the reporting. So you can see inside Convomat, if, for example, when a campaign went live or when a post went live on Instagram, you got more sales um, to your products and you know, how long this kind of effect lasts, for example, is one day is it two days. And if that maybe uh, that post on TikTok went viral on Instagram, you can also see that and you can see how much contribution that post on Instagram actually is having on your, uh, overall sales on Amazon. So this is the beauty of, of doing this through a platform like that, like Comet Connect instead of trying to figure it out on your own, because then the visibility is what allows you to learn and scale based on, on the data uh, or the performance of specific campaigns. Brilliant. Sounds like I'm signing up for Convo, Matt. I'm sold. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so, Leo, this has been an amazing conversation. Now, I love to leave the audience with three actionable takeaways from each episode. Here are the three takeaways that I noted, Leo. Let me know if you think I'm missing something. Number one, we talked about the A9 algorithm and this kind of cold start. And you talked about being able to, you know, create semantically relevant uh, product listings to the top sellers in your product category. And so the first action item here is that you should create product targeting campaigns on those specific competitors. And my hack on that is that you should create single competitor campaigns and then keep pouring the juice on the fire in terms of what is working well. Where are you winning against certain competitors? Where are you not doing as well? And you can pull those back if they're in single competitor ad campaigns. So that's action item number one. Turn that on from day one. Action item number two 
is Leo just dropped some huge knowledge that nobody else is talking about in terms of including your keywords into your images instead of it being overly optimized for the customer's experience. You know, he shared a great example instead of saying, you know, uh, keep your face looking younger and more healthy. Instead, add in an additional keyword phrase. Our vitamin C serum helps keep your face looking beautiful and healthy, right? If you do that, Amazon's crawling all of that text. And I believe that that is going to help you rank even better than some of your competitors, especially if they are not including those keywords in their images as well. And my third action item, there's probably a million action items, I think, from this podcast episode. But my third one would be, you know, using search query performance, but not just letting all of that large amount of data stare at you in the face, utilizing that jungle ace tool that you talked about and the Google Sheets that they have available to actually get relevant information from it. I I think that Amazon continues to push out so much data and us as sellers, we're trying to figure out like, whoa, okay, how do I interpret everything and draw conclusions from all of this data? And so finding and identifying those tools that can help you clearly see correlations or identify those opportunities from the data is super valuable. So that would be my third action item um, is to do that. My fourth one would be, you know, signing up for Convo Matt Connect as well, because that influencer (laughs) campaign stuff is so important and we just scratched the surface there. Um, Leo, is there anything you think I'm missing in terms of an action item for our listeners? Um, no, I think you, you covered pretty much everything, Josh. I would say um, maybe it's a good idea to re-listen to the podcast in a couple of times because we really covered a lot. And um, there are certain things that you might uh, overlook or maybe overhear as you're probably driving or not paying attention. But if you do take a lot of notes, you know, here there are some knowledge bombs that you can probably use in your uh, business right away. Totally agree. Good advice. Leo, I ask each guest the following three questions. So number one, what is your favorite book or most influential book that you've read and why? Uh, probably doing rhetoric here, but I think um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad and, and Think and Grow Rich have definitely changed my life for sure. Yeah, completely echo that sentiment. Think and Grow Rich, that mindset stuff, so, so important. Yeah, that was Question, definitely a must for sure. Agreed. Question number two here. What is your favorite productivity tool, or maybe it's a new software tool that you think is a game changer? It's actually uh, one of these um, extensions that I installed on my an app I installed on my Mac and my uh, iPhone. It's called Be Focused. Mm-hmm. It's it's like a timer that. So what do you do uh, at the beginning of your day? Let's say you give it ten or five tasks that you want to accomplish or, or get done in the day. And then for each task, you assign how much time you think that should take you. And then when you start, basically you have this timer um, that is always in front of you. So what I do, I have the two screen in front of me. And then on the side, I have my iPhone, which is displaying the timer. And so I know that uh, it's taking me, you know, I have 10 minutes left. And so it just avoids uh, distractions. Um, because sometimes what I do, I open new tabs and they get an email and then I get a message on WhatsApp. So, uh, that really helps me to stay focused. And by the end of the day, I just get my five tasks done. I love that. That is so important. One of my favorite books is the one thing. And he talks a lot Mm. about like multitasking is, is a myth. Nobody can multitask, especially effectively. Like your brain is only thinking about one thing at a time. Um, and so I, I agree with what you just talked about that be focused and like do one thing, focus on it, remove all the other distractions, Mm -hmm. completely echo what you're saying there. All right. My last question here for you, Leo is who is somebody that you admire or respect the most in the e-commerce space that other people should be following and why? Uh, Josh, it's it's hard to come up with one name. Uh, I I think, you know, the people should just follow you and listen to your podcast because this is probably where they're going to get most of most of their uh, knowledge. Um, Yeah, like it's it's hard to just mention one name, the e-commerce space. You know, it's such a vast um, and broad space, right? If you look at the Amazon ecosystem or Shopify, there is a bunch of like... uh, Amazing people there, like people like Ezra Firestones. I like it. It's always relevant. 
uh, with what it does and follows trends, uh, but also very humble. Um, and you know, I get to learn a lot from him. But you know, to those listening, I will say just make sure that you subscribe to this podcast because Josh, you're inviting some of the smartest people in the industry, and I like it that you're going outside also the the Amazon space um, because there are a lot of bright minds out there that are doing just just as good, um, just not in the Amazon community. Yeah. Well, Leo, your uh, your check for sharing those words is in the mail already. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thank you. But Leo, this has been amazing. If people want to go learn more about ConvoMat, they want to go um, connect with you, they want to follow your journey, Leo, where should people go? I normally suggest to just reach out to me via LinkedIn. Um, it's one of the social media platforms that I'm spending most of my time on uh, lately. Facebook is also another one. And um, yeah, my, my new website is almost ready, leosgovia.com. So that's probably also one of the best ways to reach out to me. All right. Spell your last name for everybody. S as in Sam, G as in George, O, V as in Victor, I as India, O as Oscar.com. All right. Leoscovio.com. Go check it out. He's also got, he mentioned the tools that he's going to share with us. The chat GPT um, prompts that he discussed earlier in this podcast, man. I mean, that would be another action item. So many gold nuggets, just like Leo <laughs> said, you need to go back. Put this on rewind. If you listen to it at 2x speed, you probably need to go back and listen to it at 1x speed because so much knowledge has been shared today. So, Leo, thanks for the wealth of wisdom you shared with us today. Josh, I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure being here today. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Visit ecombreakthrough.com for more information. If you've enjoyed today's episode, the best way you can show your appreciation is by clicking the subscribe button and quickly leaving a review. See you again next time.